Hey, good morning, church family. Good to see you. You seem a whole lot more awake than what you did last week at 9 a.m. I just have to tell you, um, it is great to see you. I need to say a big thank you, whether you're online this morning or here, um, a part of our on-campus family. Thank you. Um, last week, I received so many birthday cards um, and, and I learned a number of things. Number one, we have so many kind people. I read every card. And we have so many kind people here in our church. And um, I'm really thankful. I also learned we have a lot of smart Alex here in our church. We really do. And, um, but through it all, uh, thank you. I'm, I just feel very blessed to be a part of this ministry, to be your pastor. And I uh, just want to be grateful for for all of those things. Speaking of cards, can we take a moment and fill out the connection cards that are there uh, in front of you, in your seat or your pew? And if you're online, would you fill out a connection card with us for just a moment? It's, it's there either on Facebook or YouTube uh, or our church online setting through our website. It's just our way to be able to interconnect as a church family. And please, would you let us know if there's a prayer item, uh, if there's something special to your heart that we can think about and pray for you, uh, we would certainly do that. Another thing that you can do with that is um, put nominations, whether for deacon, and deacons are spiritually qualified men, and you'll see those qualifications in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 2 where um, they have special character and spiritual character, and we have them care for the physical needs of people and also of our facility. And if there's people within our church that you would like to nominate for that, uh, go ahead and put their names on there and put deacon afterward. And then also elder, if you would put that, even nominations for elder, and those are spiritually qualified men as well, You'll see their qualifications as well in 1 Peter, or, uh, 1 Peter 5 and uh, Titus 2 and 1 Timothy 3, but essentially spiritually qualified men of character and integrity that also have the ability to teach God's word. And these are people that we've entrusted to help care for the spiritual needs of our church and help to shepherd our church family along with our staff pastors. And if you have people that you would like to nominate for them, then put their name as well as elder, and that will be a help for us uh, in the nomination process as we're looking for that for this coming year. So put those on there. This week is going to be a special week for us because we have our Coastal Kids Camp this Thursday and Friday with our puppet team that will be here. And then next Sunday, it will be for both hours 9 a.m. and 10.30. So it's not just an either or next Sunday for kids. They will, kids will want to be here for both hours, both 9 a.m. and 10.30. It is going to be an absolute blast for kids. So this coming Thursday and Friday, and then next Sunday for both hours. And it's kind of a kickoff for our kids' ministry. Starting next week, we will be having nursery through sixth grade, and we're going to be Doing that, we're going to be sensitive to the physical needs and care needs, so be noting the special stipulations that we're going to have online. 
uh, regarding that to care for the physical needs of our ministry. Um, but here we go, kids. Fasten your seatbelt, church. Uh, here they come. So we're excited about that. And then today, welcome back to our study in Hebrews. Our last time in Hebrews, anyone remember? February 23rd was our last time in the book of Hebrews. So grab your copy of the scriptures or your electronic device. Turn to Hebrews in chapter 4. Now's when we're going to start jumping ahead and start reading again in Hebrews. If you bought a commentary by Warren Wearsby that we had for sale, be confident. Now's the time to start cracking that thing back open again. If you would like to get one through our resource center, you can go online and order them, and they'll be ready for you for pickup for next Sunday. Or you can even call our church office, and we can have those copies available to you if you wanted to reserve them. Um, that is the Be Confident by Warren Wearsby. It's a commentary we're using to go through Hebrews together. Now, the primary purpose of Hebrews is to show the original readers and all of us that Jesus is greater than all. Jesus is greater than all. Now, if you've been wondering, why do we sing to him? Why is all of our service element pointed to him? And this is why, because Jesus Christ is greater than all. And, and the book of Hebrews points us in that direction. He starts out by saying, Jesus is greater than the prophets. And knowing that he's talking to Jewish readers, this is a big deal. Jesus is greater than the prophets. Then he goes to Jesus is greater than the angels. And then he even goes beyond that, and you talk about driving a stake in the heart of these Jewish readers. Then he says Jesus is even greater than Moses. This is a big deal for these people to read. And this is what we're going to be talking about over the rest of our discussion today, Jesus is superior to Moses. And, and he tells him, you know, Moses was good because he brought the people out of Egypt. And he brought them right up to the brink of the promised land. However, although he brought them out of the prison of Egypt, he wasn't able to take them into the peace and the rest of the promised land. There was a whole ideal that God had, not just a plan of rescue, but a plan of rest. And they were not able to enter his plan of rest. And, and here's where the writer of Hebrews says, so you know what? Jesus is superior to Moses because Jesus brings rest. Now, I am at a disadvantage today, and I'm here to just be open to you. <clears throat> this is a hard day for me to talk about rest. I woke up at 2.30 this morning and couldn't fall asleep. So if I doze off during my message, you just let me go, okay? Just quietly just get up and leave and it's going to be a hard one for me. I, couldn't, I started to get tired around 6 a.m. You know how that goes. I remember... Um, about 12 years ago, I took a sleep study. Have you ever had a sleep study? I took a sleep study in Cooperstown, New York. And I thought, what's the big deal with a sleep study? You know, this would be a piece of cake. So I, I, went to, I went to the hospital, and they brought me in. I thought, you know, all I need to do is just go to sleep. And by the time 
I was there for a little while. I knew this was going to be different. I had about 15 stickers with probes on them across my chest and my forehead and my arms. I had this clip thing on my finger to read my oxygen. And then there was a video camera that was on me. And then there was a microphone by my side of the bed. And then they said, okay, Mr. Conover, go ahead and get in the bed. And I got in the bed. And it was a regular hospital bed. And they pulled the sheets up over me. And then this curtain went back from the wall. And there's a large glass observation window. And there's two people standing behind it. And they're looking at me, and they have a microphone, and then they come across a loudspeaker, and they're like, okay, Mr. Conover, we'll be observing you through the night. Go ahead and get a good night's sleep. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, number one, that was the worst night's sleep I ever got in my entire life. And then number two, what I thought was so simple, I never realized how complicated sleep was. You know, rest is so simple, I thought. You know, you can fall asleep in your chair watching TV. You can doze off on the couch reading a book. You can drift away in the pew listening to the preacher. That's not funny. Rest seems so simple. But you turn it into a science and poof. I can't sleep. It's complicated. Well, welcome to Hebrews chapter 4. I have spent countless hours on Hebrews chapter 4. And to be open with you, why I have asked myself is the chapter on rest one of the most difficult chapters in the entire Bible to understand. I have gone over it and gone over it. I have read countless commentaries. I have scoured online. And this is a toughie. And so I have arranged this a little bit differently <clears throat> if not for your benefit, for mine, to be able to try to communicate it in a way that I understand. So let me just plop it out there. And we're going to navigate through this thing together. And I hope that God will really impress this upon our hearts because we all need rest. Now, I'm not talking about sleep today. We all need a break, spiritually, personally, internally. And so I am here with some good news, and that is this. Jesus offers true rest. Doesn't that sound good? Even at 9 a.m., Jesus offers true rest. So here's the background. Let's jump into it. Here's the background. Moses brought Israel from slavery in Egypt. So they were working. This is the idea, remember. They were working hard for Egypt. 
in bondage and slavery, and God wanted to release them from that work. Now let me show you from Hebrews chapter 3 where we're going here. This is the background that we studied back in February. God wanted to release them from that work, and God wanted to bring them to a land where they would have rest, where they would have relationship with God, where they would not be bound to the past. And Hebrews chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, here's, here's how that reads. It says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom he was angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. They were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And so here the writer says, Jesus is superior to Moses, and here's how he's superior to Moses. Sure, Moses was able to, obviously with God's leading, to take them out of slavery in Egypt, but when it came to rest, when it came to the promised land of rest, Moses couldn't bring them to rest with God. But Jesus, oh yeah, he can do it. He can bring that rest with God. And so let me give you three truths about rest from Hebrews chapter 4. And this is a way that I could grapple with this text and understand it best Three truths about rest from Hebrews chapter 4. Number one, number one, God offers us true rest. God offers us true rest. Now, I looked it up. What is rest? So here, here's some dictionary definition I looked up online. Rest is a period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in what is strenuous or stressful. Doesn't that sound good? Calm, comfort, peace, still. Then I looked up, what is the opposite of rest? So I Googled, what is the opposite of rest? You ready for this? The opposite of rest? Unrest. Yeah, thanks, Google. That was really helpful. Rush. Strain. Commotion. Work. Disturbance. So Jesus sets us free. God offers us true rest. I want to navigate here these verses. Look at verse 1. It says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest 
still stands. Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So he's not talking about a land of rest. He's not talking about the promised land. He's not saying, so let's go back to Israel. This is nothing like that that he's discussing. There's a spiritual rest that Jesus wants to offer us. There's a calm, there's a peace, there's a refreshment, there's a tranquility. And so notice he even describes this again in verse 6. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest. And then he describes it even more, say down in verse 9, he says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Continue on to verse 10 and 11. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. So after this prison of Egypt, Israel could have gone right into promise. They could have gone from rescue to rest if they had believed and trusted God. That God was going to give it to them, but you know what they saw? They saw giants, they saw obstacles, they saw challenges, and then they said, you know what, we can't defeat them. We can't do this. And through their unbelief, and disobedience, they missed out on the opportunity to go from their rescue to rest and to rest in community and peaceful relationship with God. And they wandered in the desert for 40 years with no home, with no destination, with no purpose, with no rest until they all died off, over 2 million of them. And what Moses couldn't do, God offers us now. What Moses couldn't do in a physical sense, God offers to us now. In a spiritual sense, God offers to us true rest. What does that look like? Here's truth number two about rest. Rest comes, this is key, through faith in the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Rest comes through faith in the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So notice here, we saw verse 1, and we'll read to verse 2. It says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Notice verse 2, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Look at verse 3. Now we who have believed enter that rest. Just as God has said, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. Notice verse 6. 
that gospel, that good news. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Here's this rest comes through faith in the good news. Faith in the good news. The good news or the gospel is this. That Jesus Christ has done the work, all of the work that is needed for us to be able to rest has been accomplished in Jesus Christ so that we can have rest. This may not be earth shattering at this point. It's going to continue to open up. But here's the deal. Our sin has caused our break in relationship with God. We are not accepted. We have no fellowship with God, but Jesus, God the Son, went to the cross to die for our sin. And he satisfied the, the anger and the wrath of God on our account, something we could never do, and there's no amount of good stuff that we could ever do to pay that penalty or to appease the anger of God. Jesus Christ made our acceptance with God possible because of his death. That is the good news. The work has been done. That is the good news. There is no work you can do to gain God's acceptance. That is the good news. That's how we can rest. I've had people ask me, Pastor, so where is this rest? Is this rest down here on earth? Is this rest in heaven? Where is the rest? So I'm going to tell you where it is. Is it on earth or is it in heaven? So you ready for this? Yes. The rest isn't as much where you are, but it's who did the work so that you don't have to? Jesus' death on the cross did the work. He paid our debt. He gave us acceptance with God. And if we truly believe that, as verse 3 mentions it, now we who have believed that enter that rest. If we truly believe, we don't race to try to earn his acceptance, but rather we rest in Jesus to enjoy his acceptance. Let me give you number three. And we're going to talk about the nitty-gritty of this. God offers us true rest. Rest comes through faith in the good news, the gospel of Jesus. Here's number three. It takes a decision to rest. It takes a decision to rest. Verses 10 and 11. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his then notice this word in verse 11, let us therefore make every effort. That's kind of a different word. Some translation says to be diligent. 
Be diligent to enter that rest or make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Does that sound a little weird? To work to rest? Make every effort to rest? Does it it sound a little different? I think the writer knows who we are. That our default setting sometimes is, but I need to do something. And we go back to our, I've got to work to get God's acceptance. Sometimes we do have to work to rest. I'm going to tell you, um, whenever we go on vacation, and my wife in her heart in just a moment is about ready to say a big amen. Because whenever we go on vacation... I have to work to rest. Any of you know what I'm talking about? One of the worst things you can do on vacation, and I can't believe I'm documenting this on video recording, because my wife can play back at any point in time. One of the worst things you can do on vacation is to bring what? Your cell phone, where you just check it constantly and your email's on there, and you can check it constantly. And I'm sure there are some times where my wife would love to take my cell phone and spike it like a football and jump up and down on it like a bucking bronco until it's in a million pieces because she would just love to see me rest. And I'm sure in her heart right now, she's saying amen, right? Yeah. And she has an idea for what we're going to do on our next vacation. Sometimes it takes work to rest. And in our religious minds, in our Puritan work ethic minds, sometimes we revert But I've got to do something to earn God's acceptance. I need to do something for him to love me more. You know, if I do these certain things, that'll make me better. That'll make me more accepted, more loved. God will think better of me than if I just did this. And in our minds, the writer says, we need to strike down thoughts that somehow we make ourselves better before God in our own merit. We need to remember it is by Jesus, it is through his death, it is through his work, not our work. And that's how we get rest. Hey, I want to talk to two groups of people this morning. 
And I know not only in here, but through that little camera over here and down here and wherever else. We have a variety of people that we're connecting with, and I need to talk to you today. Because there are some people that are saying in their mind right now, and who have been saying this personally and spiritually, I'm not measuring up. As they're thinking with God, I'm not measuring up. I need to do more. God may not be happy with me. I need to work harder if I'm ever going to be accepted by God. And you're the first one I need to talk to here today. There is no greater place of self-righteousness and self-effort to try to earn God's love, forgiveness, and relationship than in church or religion. And for millennia, people have attempted to do so many different things to earn the favor of God, and it's still done today. You know, if I don't do this, God won't love me. He won't forgive me. He won't meet my needs. He won't save me. He won't accept me. And I just want to give you two quotes. Think about this as we think about rest. If it rests on me, I won't rest. Does that make sense? If it rests on me, I won't rest. If I've got to do the works, if I need to shift the beads, if I've got to say the prayers, if I have to attend all the services or keep track of all my sins or give all the monies or do the certain ceremonies, if I need to do all of these things, hoping, praying, trusting, Maybe it's enough that God will look at me and say, that's enough. I now accept you. If it rests on me, I won't rest. That's what we're talking about. And some people are in this hamster wheel, ever running, 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 hoping, is it enough? Have I done enough? How does God view me now? And here's the deal. If it rests on me, I won't rest. Here's the other phrase. It's the opposite. I can rest because it all rests on him. Is that enough even to make the 9 a.m. service say amen? You know what I'm saying here? I can rest because it all rests on him. That's why we call this Christianity, folks. It's because it doesn't rest on us. Our acceptance by God doesn't rest on us. Our acceptance by God rests on Jesus. He made us perfect forever. Those who are being made 
holy. Can I just take a load off of you today? If you're saying, I don't measure up, I don't measure up, let me just take a load off you. Look around, none of us do. None of us do. That's why we worship Jesus Christ. Because he did measure up and he went to the cross and he died and bore the penalty for our sin. He gained our acceptance with God. And for those who believe that, we can rest because it all rests on him. He gained our acceptance when he died for our sin. I'm not measuring up. Yeah, amen. Me too. He did. And I believe him. Here's the second group I want to talk to. It's to the people that hear this. For the people that hear, you're not measuring up. You need to work harder and do more. This is the opposite side. You might be a believer in Jesus, but someone in churchianity may come up to you and say, you know what, you're not measuring up. You need to work harder and do more. You need to do it our way. You know, many Christians in our type of church won't say you need to earn God's acceptance for salvation, but they may infer that you need to keep up with our spiritual structure for God to be more happy with you. I want to read for you the other rest passage. It's from Matthew chapter 11. These are the words of Jesus, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, and I just love these. This is Jesus' invitation, and he looked around at people who were getting beaten by religion around them. And he told them, he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, do you know what the next word is? It's rest. I'm going to give it to you. You're weary and you're burdened and you're wondering where these burdens come from. I'm, I'm here to tell you in just a moment. He says, take my yoke on you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I just want to, although the chapter ends there, we need to go to the very next verse. Chapter 12 says this. This will blow your mind. Chapter 12, 1, it says, at that time, the second Jesus got done saying that, come to me, you're weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said, Look, your disciples are doing 
what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Look at that. Now, if I were Jesus, I would have said, that is exhibit A of what I just said. That is the burden. That is why you're weary. The extra laws and rules that people put on you, you're not measuring up. You're not. You need to do these other things. You can't pick heads of grain on the Sabbath. No, no, no. You think God's going to be happy with you? Of course, Jesus takes him to school. And you can read through the rest of that in just a moment. But a little bit later on in the passage, Jesus went from that place into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And looking for a reason to bring charges against them, Jesus, um, they asked Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will you not take a hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he said, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched out his hand, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. And the Pharisees, get this, the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because they wanted to strap people with extra ways. You're not measuring up. You want to be accepted by God? Well, you need to do my things. You can't pick heads of grain on the Sabbath. You can't help people on the Sabbath. All these extra things you can't do if you want to be accepted by God. And I'm here to say the words of Jesus. That's not rest. Come to Jesus. We're accepted by God through Jesus. Not through our works. And not through extra rules that we set up. God couldn't love you more. Couldn't give you more. Couldn't care for you more. And what he already does because of Jesus Christ. Folks, we rest because of Jesus. Now, there's a whole lot more here in chapter 4. I just want to put this down on you. Put man's expectations behind. Put your expectations behind. Verses 12 and 13. What God wants us to do is live by his word. 
his word is alive and it's active, it'll do a whole lot better than our expectations and our words and our rules and our works. We live by his word. And verses 14 through 16, here's the beauty of it, and he just wraps it right up into a lovely conclusion. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he didn't sin. Let's then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How we finish, we rest in him. We don't have to earn God's acceptance. We can put man's expectations behind us. There's nothing we can come up with that's better than what God has come up with. And we just follow his word and we cling to Jesus. Hold firm to Jesus Christ. Come to me, all who are weak, and I will give you rest. Take a load off. Where we finish is where we begin. It's all about Jesus Christ. And would you, for a moment, just close your eyes, and I want you to ask a question. Are you at rest with Jesus? Are you? Do you truly embrace that he has earned God's acceptance for you when he died on the cross and paid for all of your sin alone are you at rest with him if you are be diligent to stay at rest. Don't go back and try to earn it or work for it or think you can be better by doing your extra special things. It's all about Jesus. And if you're wondering, or if you're trying to work, abandon your works to earn God's favor. And believe and put your reliance wholly in Jesus today and no one else. Get some rest in Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? I want to pray over us and for us and then we'll leave. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our rest giver, our acceptance finder, our way maker, our rescuer, our redeemer, the one who has loved us and cared for us, our great high priest. We come to you in his name and no other. We do not come because of ourselves or our works or righteous deeds we have done but we only come because of Jesus Christ.
God, may we cling to him. May we find our acceptance with you only in him. And the grace that we have received from him, may we give it to others and not shackle them as we see others have in the Old Testament and the Pharisees. God, may we be grace givers and rest givers. Thank you for true rest. Thank you for Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.